Welcome to Medical Minefield, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Eve Simmons, and I am the Deputy Health Editor at The Mail on Sunday. And today with me is The Mail on Sunday's award-winning health reporter, Ethan Ennels. Hello. Now, I hate to say this, Ethan, but I think that things are looking good, aren't they? Apart from, obviously, the fact that Barney is not here. We are without him. Um, He's gone off on his holidays. But other than that, I'm cautiously optimistic. Infection rates are dropping, it seems. And now nearly 90% of adults have had at least one dose of the jab. That's brilliant. It is incredible, if not slightly surprising. But I guess we should take the good moments while they're there. The small wins, yeah. Although, if you dig into the data, what is concerning is that it does seem that within some groups, there are these cracks that are emerging. And one group that's caught my eye this week is pregnant women. Recent data from Public Health England has shown that just one in 12 of them have had the vaccine. Shocking. Yeah, it's incredibly low. And we're already seeing the serious consequences of this. So this week, NHS figures showed that there was a five-fold increase in the number of pregnant women admitted to ICU since May. And that's uh, 95% of them are unjabbed, unsurprisingly. There's some doctors that have come out in the last couple of weeks saying that pregnant women are making up the majority of their ICU units, which is terribly sad and I've heard from ICU nurses who say the most heartbreaking thing is that you have to have a a cot by the woman's bed just in case they have to do an emergency c-section absolutely terrible but what I was confused about is that whether we knew that pregnant women were more at risk than the average person and Ethan you've been digging into this data I think this is something we've known for some time now. As early as March, we knew that pregnant women who caught COVID were between two and three times more likely to have a premature birth. That was a large part of the reason why in April, the uh, JCVI, which is the government watchdog, which decides who gets the vaccine and when, made the big call to offer pregnant women the vaccine. It was also deemed safe. We went off data in America, over 90,000 pregnant women had had the vaccine by April. I think that number is now over 120,000. There was no statistical suggestion of any danger the vaccine presents. And based off that decision, we decided to offer pregnant women the vaccine in April. Since then, though, we've found out that there is even more reason for them to get the vaccine. Uh, We now know, based on a few recent studies, that pregnant women are substantially more likely to be hospitalised with covid if they're pregnant. So I I think there is a real and present danger for pregnant women, an especially worrying situation with so few pregnant women currently going out and getting the jab. So why is that happening then? If we now know that the risk itself from COVID is so great to pregnant women and that the vaccine is perfectly safe, why aren't pregnant women having it? I think it's a combination of things. I think it's important to remember as well that at the very beginning we had no data about pregnant women because there were no pregnant women in the vaccine trial. That is completely normal. That's how medical trials work. Uh, pregnant women, the elderly, clinically vulnerable, aren't normally included in vaccine trials, just a precaution. But it meant that when Pfizer came around and were the first company to announce uh, the efficacy of their vaccine, they caveated it by saying there was no data for pregnant women. I think for many people, that would have raised alarm bells. Pregnant women are very health conscious, especially for the safety of their children. I think since then, there has also been a massive rise in internet misinformation, I think it's something we've all seen by now, whether it's on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, You know, these myths about infertility, about 
birth deformities, some really, really vicious, untrue stuff, which has seeped through to all corners of society. And, and now it's really hard to kind of stem the tide against those myths. But some are saying that the most important thing is the health bodies that are there to set up to protect pregnant women have not done enough in making sure that all of that noise was cleared away and that the correct messages were put out there and you've got someone on the line now haven't you who's going to explain what those messages were i do indeed on the line now is professor asma khalil of the royal college for obstetricians and gynecologists asma thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me professor the government recommended that pregnant women go out and get the vaccine in april your organization officially recommended they do just that last week do you not think that's too late um, no, I don't think it is uh, late because um, today the initial COVID vaccine trials did not include pregnant women and therefore we did not have safety data in pregnancy. But that data came in April, Professor. So we knew in a- from April 16th that it was safe pregnant women. That was the government guidance from that date. So why are we three months on and that decision has only just been made? Well, we have now data uh, from more than 130,000 pregnant women, the, about that there, there is no concern, there's no safety concern of receiving a COVID vaccine uh, in pregnancy. And there have been no cases of stillbirth or miscarriage that's attributed to the uh, COVID vaccine in pregnancy. And we also know that COVID can be dangerous uh, to both the pregnant uh, mother and her baby. It can cause severe illness and can cause uh, prematurity and increase the chance of an infection. And therefore, it is the time to really ensure that we have clear messages to pregnant women and to the healthcare professionals to consider or recommend uh, the COVID vaccine to pregnant women. Professor, do you think healthcare workers are guilty of mixed messaging when it comes to giving advice on the COVID vaccines to pregnant women? Well, we have to be careful because we don't have evidence from randomized controlled trials about the COVID vaccine in pregnancy. But certainly over time, we do have now safety data on COVID vaccine in pregnancy, mainly from the States. We have data from more than 130,000 pregnant women. There has been no safety concerns during pregnancy. And we know now that the COVID vaccine does not cause, there's no increased um, risk of stillbirth or miscarriage. So it's absolutely the right time that we should have a clear messages to the pregnant women and to the healthcare professionals that women should consider um, receiving the COVID vaccine in pregnancy. It's an inf- it has to be an informed choice that pregnant women themselves, after receiving the right counselling, that they can make their own decision. There is obviously a, a very high level of vaccine hesitancy in pregnant women. What is your organisation doing to change that? Uh, we absolutely right. The majority of pregnant women uh, in the UK and in my organization have not received uh, the COVID vaccination. So I was on call this weekend and I would say probably seven out of ten women that I have come across and asked them whether they had uh, the COVID vaccine or not. Um, they said that they have not received the vaccine. So there is a lot of effort that we need to make to provide the right messages to this pregnant woman to um let them know that we have no safety data. We did not have the safety data before, but we do have the safety data now. And also highlight that the fact we have almost like a perfect storm really for increasing the number of COVID cases, easing the restrictions, and vaccine hesitancy or low vaccine uptake among pregnant women. And therefore, we need to have a clear messages. And certainly now, my colleagues, midwives and obstetricians, certainly we never could come across any pregnant women 
we always have to ask the question and have the discussion, provide up-to-date data and the correct campaign for women to make their informed choice. Do you think midwives and obstetricians were hesitant to recommend the vaccine in the first place? As I mentioned, we did not have safety data initially in pregnant women because pregnant women were not included. Professor, we have had that data since April, though, which was three months ago. Um, well, still, a lot of these women have not given birth yet. And certainly when I speak to pregnant women and I come across pregnant women on a daily basis, and their concern is that, what about the baby? What about these children? What about when they're actually two years old? So I think we need to be honest with pregnant women and say, yes, we do have safety data. We don't have long-term follow-up of these babies or women, uh, of those women who received the COVID vaccine, but we also don't have long-term follow-up of babies whose mom had the COVID uh, vaccine. And certainly I've looked after pregnant women who have been uh, in intensive care unit with COVID, and these women are very sick and really concerned about their babies. So um, I think we need to be um, honest with pregnant women and tell them that we do have safety data now, and therefore um, now is the time where we have concerns about the increasing number of COVID cases and the fact that easing restrictions and the low vaccine uptake. So it is absolutely the right time to get the clear messages across Use the social media and the channels, appropriate channels, to talk to pregnant women, raise awareness among the healthcare professionals, make sure we avoid any mixed messages, and um, encourage pregnant women to consider receiving the vaccine during pregnancy. Professor Khalil, thank you very much for your time. Well, I'd be interested to know if this is what midwives are telling their patients, that there is no long-term safety data, which, you know, obviously there isn't, but that's not a reason not to have the vaccine. Isn't that right? I think that was shocking. You know, that's what we tell everyone when they come forward to the vaccine, which is just because there's no long-term safety data doesn't mean it's not safe. We know these vaccines are safe. Vaccines don't have long-term safety data when they first come out, by virtue of the fact they've just come out. And if you're caveating your recommendation by saying, well, we don't know what will happen in the future. Pregnant women who are always conscious about the health of their children are going to naturally have doubts. Absolutely. I also still don't really understand why there was that three-month gap between this safety data coming out, which was very clearly highlighting that this vaccine is safe for pregnant women, to the health bodies updating their guidance to urge pregnant women to go out and get it. I don't understand why that there was that delay, and perhaps that delay was, was crucial. I don't understand that either. You know, Professor Khalil was talking there about clear messaging, but I couldn't understand what was clear about that message at all. We have known since April that these vaccines are safe for pregnant women. So why has it taken three months for them to make that call? Well, we're now going to hear from somebody who was affected by this mixed messaging. Stacey Knights is currently 39 weeks pregnant and she was hospitalised with COVID in her first trimester. Stacey, at any point in your pregnancy, were you warned by midwives or nurses or anyone that you perhaps would be more vulnerable because you were pregnant? No, never. Nothing was ever said to me. So take us through then when you did contract COVID and you became very ill. So... I was 11 weeks pregnant, working full time. I'd worked obviously through the whole of the first lockdown, absolutely fine. And where, no where is it that you work, Stacey? What is it that you do? I was a residential social worker, so I worked in a children's home. So I was doing 24-hour shifts, and so obviously mingling with quite a lot of people. There was a few COVID cases at work. Before I got pregnant, I was surrounded by people who had had it or were going off with it. Nothing 
bothered me. And then as soon as I got pregnant, I became quite ill and obviously was taken in by paramedics to hospital with COVID and a kidney infection at the same time. Gosh, that's terrible. And you were you were in hospital, as I understand, for a, a number of days, weren't you? Yeah, I think it was about three days I was in. I was on IV drip, antibiotics, steroids and blood thinning injections because the doctor said that due to me being pregnant and having COVID, there was a chance of blood clot. So I had to have blood thinning injections in hospital and then I had to inject myself every day for the following month whilst I was at home recovering. Gosh, and you must have been terrified for your unborn child as well. It was horrible, to be fair. It was it was really horrible because no one knew anything. And while I still feel like they don't know how it affects the unborn baby, the only thing that they did do was bring the, the scan equipment to my bedside as I wasn't allowed off the ward. Obviously, I was on a COVID ward and they just scanned my baby girl at 11 weeks and just listened to her heartbeat and just said, yeah, if you think things and looks okay, and, and, and that was that, really. There was nothing more to it. And am I right in thinking that you've decided since that you're not going to have the vaccine? I personally don't want to have the vaccine now whilst pregnant. I feel like there's contradicting yeses and noes. One minute you can't have it, then you can, but there's no real evidence to back why you can all of a sudden. And I also believe that me and my baby have had COVID. We've fought it off ourselves. You know, we've built our own immunity and antibodies to it. So I don't really want to have something injected into me that's not fully established. I mean, if it was just myself, then maybe, but my baby doesn't have a voice. Does so it worry? It worries you there might be some harm associated at some point? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I can reassure you, obviously, Stacey, I'm not a doctor, but from what I do know, there is enough data now to suggest that the vaccine is perfectly safe. Yeah. But, you know, I, I understand that some people have their, their own, um, you know, thoughts on the issue. Um, has a health professional at any point talked to you about the vaccine and given you kind of adequate information? Yes, yeah, I was just going to say, it doesn't help that midwives, health visitors, even consultants, like antenatal consultants, no one has sort of reassured me or even asked if I've had it or asked if I would like it or sort of the way that they talk about the flu vaccine and the whooping cough vaccine when you're pregnant they all seem to be very adamant that you get it they know the pros and cons of having it not having it whereas in fact the covid vaccine it's very much oh it's up to you it's your choice they're very relaxed about it it's more a bit blasé they're not sort of clued up and reassuring. Do you think that if you had had throughout your pregnancy somebody who had given you really good information from somebody that you really trusted and had showed you all of the data and the studies and and outlined it in a way that you could understand clearly, would you Mm -hmm. be more inclined to think, okay, maybe that's something that I should do? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I think the whole COVID pandemic and women's pregnancy journeys have all been the same. It's all been a bit rubbish really we've all sort of not been forgotten about but we're just on the back burner aren't we really you feel um, like you d- you didn't know whether you were safe and then you were safe and then you didn't yeah know and, yeah mm. yeah I mean it's it, beginning of the year it was a no-go you're not you know pregnant women not to have it and we're meant to be furloughed and be extra careful blah 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 and then 
next minute you can have it but there's not really much evidence out there to make us think oh okay you know it's changed and it's changed for x y and z reasons that's fine we'll get it it just you can have it now and it's kind of like well why can i have it now and not have it beginning of the year Hmm. well stacy thanks so much for sparing some time and best of luck for the rest of your pregnancy thank you I can understand why many people would think that that was bizarre. The fact that Stacey was hospitalised for COVID early in her pregnancy and then decided not to have a vaccine that would protect her against it in the later stages of her pregnancy. I think that's perhaps more understandable considering the uh, confused messaging she got from healthcare workers around her. I mean, the fact that she described their attitude to uh, the vaccine as blasé is frankly shocking. Can you imagine, you know, an advert for a vaccination on the side of a bus saying it's your choice, you just consider the options? No, the healthcare workers should be out there telling them to go and get the vaccine because it's the best thing for their safety. Well, there's obviously been this nervousness, hasn't there? Because it was so late on when we knew that it was definitely safe. Um, And I think that's obviously part of the problem. Well, right now we're going to speak to somebody who is certain who is to blame for this problem. Joining me now is Jolie Brearley, who is the co-founder of the campaign group Pregnant Then Screwed. Jolie, are pregnant women who refuse the vaccine simply making the wrong decision? Well, uh, that's quite a big question. I mean, I would say from my own research that, yes, they are making the wrong decision, but we can't blame pregnant women for making that decision. There's been a lot of misinformation that's spread like wildfire on the internet. And also, pregnant women are not being given the opportunity to have these conversations as much as they would want to with healthcare professionals. And we are finding that when they do have those conversations, they're often being given conflicting and confusing information or simply being told it's just up to you without being given the facts so that they can make an informed choice. And what kind of things are you hearing that pregnant women are being told by, say, midwives or nurses? Uh, We've heard some really horrific stories. We've heard of midwives saying to women, oh, we don't want another chlamydiahide incident, do we? Or midwives perhaps saying, you can't have the vaccine in your first trimester because it could increase the chance of miscarriage, which is just completely inaccurate. Or also being told, um, you, you shouldn't have it in your third trimester because we've seen other issues that could occur. We've even heard stories of midwives saying to pregnant women, you really mustn't have this vaccine and I wouldn't give it to my daughter or my friend because I believe it's dangerous. So there is a lot of misinformation out there sadly and we are hearing that health professionals just don't have those facts and that information to hand to be able to get accurate information. I mean that sounds quite mad to me you Mm. know that that's not just misinformation that's potentially dangerous and completely incorrect. Why do you think that healthcare professionals are saying things like this? Well, there's been, it's been very confusing to do with pregnancy and the vaccine. Obviously, initially, pregnant women were told not to have it uh, because the clinical trials hadn't included pregnant women. And then that guidance changed to, yes, you can have it. It wasn't, we recommend you have it. The guidance was simply, okay, pregnant women can have it. And that's because we then had enough real-world data to show there were no safety implications. But that wasn't really communicated very well. It was just sort of slipped out that the guidance is now that pregnant women can have it. And it's only really been in the last few days that we've seen the bigger organisations, including the Royal College of Obstetricians and Gynaecologists and the Royal College of Midwives, come out and say, 
we recommend now that pregnant women have it. So with the number of midwives and healthcare professionals and people working at vaccine centers, all the information and guidance has been changing so quickly that it's really difficult for them to keep on top of all of that information. And of course, there's lots of nuance within pregnancy. It's not just to say to a pregnant woman, oh, yes, you can now have it. They will have lots of questions about, well, what exactly does it do do when it's inside the body? What if I have allergies? What if I'm a high risk? You know, there's, there's a lot of complication there that sometimes midwives perhaps don't feel completely qualified to give a thorough answer to. And that means that I would expect many of them are shying away from recommending it. Mm. And we know now there seems to be enough data to show that pregnant women may in fact be more at risk from COVID if they weren't to get the vaccine and then to consequently contract COVID. Have you Mm. seen um, the repercussions of this? Have you heard of women who become very, very ill with COVID? I mean, tragically, we've been seeing this for the last 18 months and we have been saying since April that there really is a problem that needs to be prioritised by the government that pregnant women are more likely to end up in ICU. We know now for a fact they're more likely to end up in ICU their baby is twice as likely to be stillborn, their baby is three times as likely to be born prematurely, which can have lifelong implications for their health. But we had seen evidence of this prior to that data being available. And yes, I mean, we have seen that very tragically pregnant women have died. The first pregnant woman that died was a nurse, 28-year-old nurse named Mary Pong, who contracted COVID and died before she could even hold her baby daughter. Thankfully, the baby survived, but she didn't. And then since then, we know between March and May, there were 10 pregnant women that died from COVID-related illness. I've spoken to women whose babies have been stillborn and on the post-mortem it says the reason that the baby died was because of COVID. So we have been seeing this for the last 18 months, these problems occur, but again, it's only been very recently that the evidence and the research has sort of caught up with what we've actually been seeing in real life to say, yes, this really is a problem and pregnant women really do need to be protected. Well, Jolie, thank you so much for sparing the time for us today. Hi, sorry to interrupt your listening, but there's another great podcast from the Mail on Sunday you might want to try. Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, offering a weekly look into the life of Britain's most unfiltered columnist. That's me. Find us at mailplus.co.uk. I thought of this problem this week, Ethan, when I read that senior cabinet minister Michael Gove had called jab refusenik selfish and said that they were putting other people's lives and health at risk. And whilst perhaps that is true for some people, in this case, I really don't think that we can hold pregnant women to account for opting not to have the vaccine, where it's clear that they just haven't had the right information from the very start. I think it's only natural that pregnant women would be super cautious when it comes to what goes in their body while they're pregnant because obviously their first uh, their first thought is their child so that's why the messaging should have been clearer that's why we should have been thinking right from the beginning what we were going to do about pregnant women and, and now that issue is coming back to bite us massively but I guess playing devil's advocate you might say that while we didn't have 
the correct or the robust safety data, if something was to go wrong, then we'd be having the opposite discussion. It would be, why weren't we more cautious with pregnant women? Why weren't we being more careful, etc.? I think there's a strong argument for that. Uh, a scientist I spoke to this week pointed out that maybe now is the time to start talking about having pregnant women in vaccine trials, because that's why this has happened, is because we didn't know from the get-go whether it was safe for them. So maybe in the future, when we get around to producing our next round of vaccines, pregnant women should be included. And it's only relatively recently that pregnant women have been included for the whooping cough vaccine, is that right? That's right. In 2012, the NHS launched its first ever rollout of vaccinations for pregnant women for whooping cough, and that's because there was a clear and present danger for newborn children through the whooping cough, and it was worked out through quite robust data that vaccinating pregnant women provided the children with strong immunity, but that was the first time, and that wasn't that long ago. That was 2012. That's less than 10 years ago. And it's not surprising, therefore, that many midwives and obstetricians uh, still have their worries when it comes to vaccinating pregnant women because it's still a very novel thing in this country. There's that. And I also wonder how much this ties into the kind of natural health pressure that is put on pregnant women by some midwives and antenatal specialists we have discussed this before on this podcast pregnant women being pressurized into breastfeeding sometimes when it's very painful and just not possible for them and being made to feel very guilty because of that and there is this kind of idea that the more natural you can be in pregnancy in birth and afterwards the better for the baby and this is completely supposition but i wonder whether that has kind of carried through to this that vaccines are seen as kind of unnatural natural which is ridiculous i think that has been uh you know one of the strongest lines of misinformation we've seen about these vaccines throughout the whole of the pandemic uh you know people on instagram suggesting that you know an orange is enough to fight covid and, and really we should be doing more to stamp out misinformation whether it comes from online influences or midwives so what are we going to do ethan how are we going to convince these pregnant women to get their vaccine I, th- I think it really is down to the health workers. I think midwives need to be told on no uncertain terms that they need to be telling their patients to go out and get the vaccine. Well, what do you think? Do you think there's any changing the minds of these pregnant women? Contact us and let us know by searching hashtag medical minefield on Twitter. That's unfortunately all we've got time for today. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. You can also follow us on Twitter by searching at mailplus. We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then. Listener.